The thing that I've learned is the best way to build wealth is by investing in real assets, as I said, that produce real income. You know, the that's investing to me. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Jim Pfeiffer from Left Field Investors. Jim has uh, such a cool story, built up a real estate portfolio, and then started getting into passive syndication investing. And now that's what he's really focused on. And today, he's going to tell us about this group that he's put together, he's putting together for passive investors, where he's going to have and he has resources for people who are interested in different types of passive real estate investing, not just syndications. And, uh, you know, he's, he's putting it out there, building this network as a resource for people like you who want to get their money out of the Wall Street casino. I have investments in, in stocks and stuff too, but eh, I see it as a little bit of a casino. And get into real estate investing. Jim is putting together some really awesome resources for you to get into real estate syndications or turnkey real estate or other options in real estate investing that are passive. And today we talk about why Jim is headed and is going in this direction rather than his former more active real estate investments and some of the trials and tribulations with that say more active real estate investing buying multifamilies on your own we get a story about his investing in a 22 unit is becoming an accidental landlord with his former primary residence building up his portfolio and then why he prefers more passive investing in real estate syndications. We all talk about that all today. And uh, again, if you're looking for resources for passive investors in real estate, and that's why you listen to this show, let's face it, then Jim has got some great resources and a great story for you today. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Goat. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I love learning new things, as you all know, or everybody out there probably knows. In addition to actively syndicating real estate, I also passively invest in syndications, and I love being a part of networks like this and you know meeting other syndicators that have opportunities that I can passively invest in. And also it gives me the opportunity to learn what passive investors out there are looking for so that you know I can better uh, tailor my investments my investment opportunities to uh, what folks want. So love learning new things. And Jim is a treasure trove of new things to be learned today. Without any further ado, here we go with Jim Pfeiffer from Left Field Investors. Jim, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's great talking with you. We've been talking a little while before we hit record. Love it. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your experience, can you kind of walk us through it and you know, we'll get to where you are today? Certainly. So I started in the uh, real estate business as uh, what we call an accidental landlord. In 2008, we, we built a, a new house because uh, we, we had, our son was born and we needed some, some more room in the house. So we, uh, we built a new house in 2008. Obviously, it was hard to sell a house. <laughs> So we couldn't sell our old house and we ended up renting it out and we rented it for five years and I, I did not like it. You know, I, we had this standard story, Christmas Eve, a, a toilet broke or something. I had to go over there and I don't know how to repair anything. And 
you know, I was trying to figure it out and it just wasn't a good experience. So after about five years, I said, we're just going to sell the house and, and move on. And I uh, got a real estate agent and he's like, well, why don't you just let me rent it for you and manage it? I was like, well, that's not a bad idea. And he, we talked about it. And so we did it. And then uh, the house is paid off. And he's like, well, you know, if you refinance it, you could buy a couple more and uh, I'll manage those for you. And I'm like, well, okay, I, I'll try that. And so one cash flowing asset that was bothering me because I had to manage it into three cash flowing assets that uh, someone else was managing for me and it was making money. And so that really kind of was like light bulb. Oh, this is, this is something I want to do. And so I got thinking, I want to do more and more of this. And so I did my research and I, and I found out that, yeah, one house makes a little bit of money, but if you do a duplex or a fourplex, the cash flow on those, you know, are great. And my properties were in A class properties and A, a neighborhoods. But if you go into C class neighborhoods, boy, is the cash flow great. So I went out looking for a fourplex and found a property manager who was going to take me around and show me some. And so uh, he accidentally showed me a 22 unit and 22 unit, that cash flow is amazing. <laughs> so I kind of went through the process like, no, I'm not going to do this. No, I'm not going to do this. But I kept taking steps. And uh, pretty soon we were signing the contract and I owned a 22 unit. Um, and then I bought an eight unit and then I bought a four unit. So I kind of went backwards from there. I'm going to held those for a few years. And, and um, back then the, the market, it, it was appreciating no matter what. And so after a while, I figured out that, you know, we, we also did a flip in there and, um, you know, I joke, we, we made hundreds of dollars on the flip, <laughs> um, you know, so nine months of work and we made a few hundred dollars. That's not really the return you're looking for. So I did also did some single family turnkey properties and I liked those. Um, and then I started, you know, I went to real estate, uh, the real estate guy syndication seminar thinking now I want to be a syndicator. This is what I want to do. I went there and it was a great seminar. And when I left, I figured out, I don't want to be a syndicator. I want to be passive. I want to invest in other people's deals. And so I had a, a pretty good 401k rollover from a previous job. And I just thought, you know what, I'm not gonna be able to use that money for a while. I'm going to start investing in in real estate with that because it's it's low risk because if I mess up, you know, I have time to earn that money back. It's not like my kids won't eat. So I started uh, I started just buying all kinds of different syndications. I don't think I would buy any of those syndications now, but it really helped because I was able to take a step because I think part of the difficulty with asset investing is the first one. You got to take a step. You got to write a big check and you just got to do it. And I did it with probably not the, the best investments, the ones I would do now, but it allowed me to take the step and get to where I am now. So then after I did those investments, I started doing research and I started learning a lot more. And, and, and I found out that there's a huge tax advantage if you, if you do it in your non-qualified, meaning not your retirement accounts, but in your, with your regular money, um, then you get a lot of tax advantages. You can lower your tax, you can make, make a lot more money and, and kind of slowly build wealth. So at the time, I was a financial advisor and I noticed that, you know, I was moving my money out of the market into real estate. And I was kind of talking to my clients and saying, Hey, you should think about real estate. And, you know, the reason why uh, financial advisors don't recommend real estate is because they don't get paid and they're not <laughs> licensed for it. Right. So those are two reasons. So, um, 
you know, I, I kept getting in trouble with my uh, with my the group I was working for because I was kind of creeping into real estate. And, and so I had to give up some of my licenses to do some of the things I wanted to do. And uh, that slowly led me to passive investing. And then I stopped, um, I, I stopped working as a uh, financial advisor. And just now I'm fully doing passive investing. And um, I, I started a a group to help others get into uh, into real estate syndications as well, because I believe it's it's a great way to build wealth. And you know they call it alternative investments, but to me, they're not alternative. They're real assets that produce cash flow, and it's not just paper speculation like you might get in the, in the stock market. So I'm pretty passionate about uh, about helping people and 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 help educating people so they can start doing the stuff that, that I'm doing. And, and, and my group, uh, Left Field Investors is our group. And, uh, you know, we're, we're there to kind of network and educate and just uh, talk people through it. That's awesome. You have, I think, such a, you know, powerful story and progression through uh, the different asset classes and, and strategies and also, you know, your professional life. And I want <clears> to <throat> learn a little bit more about what you're doing, you know, with the group and what your kind of vision is um, for that and and getting more folks into the syndication space. And with the the asterisk or caveat being that you're not out there, you know, syndicating for yourself, you're just trying to bring more folks under the tent of investing in syndications and not saying, hey, come invest in my syndication. So I think there's a avoiding a potential, I don't want to say conflict of interest, but you know, you're, you're in the same direction as the folks in your group, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the way the group started is when I was doing the multifamily and flipping and all that, I, I was looking for a community. So I started a, a meetup in Columbus for people that are doing buy and hold flipping and all that. And, and we grew it to where we had 60, 80 people a month come into our meetings. Nice. And when I kind of transitioned to doing passive investing, I, you know, I talked at the at the meeting and, and I said, you know, if there's people that want to do passive, I'm going to kind of start a spinoff group. Um, and so I, I did that. And, and the first meeting, we were going to have just 12 people because it's the largest free room I could get in a restaurant <laughs> um, to host. So I didn't want any more than 12 people. And I thought, okay, I'm the one that, that's done this passive investing. I'm the one and no one else in my group had. So I thought I was going to be imparting all of my wisdom and knowledge on, on them. And our first meeting was supposed to be March 18th. And in Ohio, the, the, yeah, the country shut down March 15th, which, you know, the pandemic has not been good. But for our group, it has been because we converted it to Zoom meetings. And we were able to, instead of having beers and yucking it up, we started educating each other and having um, sponsors as as guests to, to our group. And, and I expanded it from 12 people and, and included some people that were out of town, some former financial advising clients and, and some more people, but I still wanted to keep it small. But what I found was the more people that I brought into the group and the more we had these meetings with people that hadn't done investing before, the more I learned and the better investor I became. And so, you know, I started this group thinking, oh, I'm going to help all these people. And what I ended up having was I was helping myself and the other people. And so, you know, we've been going along and we didn't want to grow the group because we liked the, the tight knit group that we knew knew everybody. And then we started developing some tools like a, a, a deal screener, a sponsor screener, and, and some other things that we thought were pretty cool. And other people started getting interested. And so we kind of decided we were going to start growing our group slowly, methodically, and, and get it a little bigger so we could help more people. But also, because every time you try to help someone, you get in some new people that have some really diverse ideas. You know, a couple new guys that we have had great ideas for our deal screener that that really 
take it up a notch and make it so much better. Now we haven't finalized it yet, but I, I wouldn't have thought of these things had we not said, hey, let, let's add some more people. So right now what we're trying to do is, you know, getting on podcasts and networking as best we can and uh, talking to other people and just trying to grow our group. You know, the analogy uses, it's like an airplane, you know, we're building it as we fly and we're not sure how we're going to land it or where we're going to land it. But we are, we are, we're just kind of going as we can, you know, so we have, I have this website that we, that we just went live this week as we're, as we're taping and, and I'm still not sure what all is going to be there or how we're going to do anything, but we're just, we're just going to do it and correct as we go and figure out as we go. And, and that's kind of how we're doing it. And we're, um, we're trying to grow and get like-minded individuals you know, interested in um, buying real assets to produce real cash flow. That's kind of our, our mission and our focus. We're trying to build a community. Awesome. I love it. I mean, I think that's very important, you know, more active, so to speak, real estate investors have had say bigger pockets out there and there are like Facebook groups and all those kinds of things, but there's less so for, you know, the, the passive sense. And, um, you know, a lot of those, it, it, it seems hard work to keep a community like that, especially online from turning into a, um, spammy, you know, self-promotion, space or a safe space, right. For, for passive investors, it's hard to create. No, it, it is. And we're, we're committed to, you know, there's no sales on it. We're not trying to sell you anything. Our guest speakers were very clear that, you know, there's no pitching or selling, but if you're a sponsor and you're coming on, you can talk about your company and what you do and, and all that, but you know, you can't talk about deals and, and things like that because we want to keep it pure like that. It, you know, as pure as we can, obviously people come on because they want to get new investors and we're okay with that. Um, but we're really focused on education and networking. And, you know, we, we, we probably will have a kind of an insight. We call it the infielders group where, you know, those are members who are going to get access to some of the tools and, and some of the, the kind of more proprietary things that we're trying to build. Um, and, and also it allows us to have people that are really into it, really buying deals, getting into stuff that we can have a place to talk and chat and, and really get to know each other where the broader group will be people that you know, we're hoping to bring in people who, you know, have their money in the in the market and are looking for something different because you know, as I said, they own these alternative investments, but but they're not. It's the it's the plate. It's the apartment you live in, right? It's the self storage place your kid puts all their stuff in when they go to college. These are these are real assets, and and they're not alternative, but no one knows about them. And so, what I want to do is is promote it because Wall Street, I mean, they make all their money promoting all of their investments, but it's you know, it's it's paper. You're buying pieces of paper and hoping you can find someone else to buy it from you later. Where you know, I, I think the the real estate there. It's a real asset that produces cash flow. And that's that's what I'm all about these days. That's great. That's great. You mentioned you've learned a few things from other members of the group that you've brought in. They they brought their own angle on something that had an insight that you didn't have. And uh, you know, I just wanted to ask, like, if there are a few things, one or two things that come to mind that, you know, you learned by collaborating with others in the group. I think it's just a, a different mentality you know part of part of what really made me feel good about some the one person that was in our group that had uh, had invested in syndications before we got our group together we started talking and i found out he's invested in some of the same syndicators i had <laughs> and that was like the biggest relief oh my gosh someone else was doing it so now i'm not all alone so part of it was just learning that okay you know other people had similar opinions and, and some of the other people that hadn't invested but they came up with ideas that that I hadn't thought about, or, or um, you know, specifically like, hey, why don't we look at this market or or this metric 
you know, someone, someone's really into break-even occupancy. Well, now that's one of my favorite metrics is to see what the break-even occupancy was. But, you know, for the first few deals I did, I didn't even know, I didn't even know you could ask for break-even occupancy. I didn't even think about it. I was, you know, for me, the most important thing is, is the sponsor. You vet the sponsor first. And, and if you don't like the sponsor, it doesn't matter what deal they got, right? So I was more concentrated on just a few sponsors and not as much the deal. And, and when these new people came in, you know, we started thinking, oh, let's talk about the deal also. So, you know, now we have, we're working on a scoring system so we can kind of put, okay, X percent is going to be sponsor, X percent is deal, X percent is market. So we can kind of score the deals and compare them to each other. Where before we were just looking at metrics and you couldn't really compare deal one to deal two. So, you know, I, I don't have a real good answer to that question, except for, it's just having like-minded people share information, even if they haven't invested and they, they, they don't really know what they don't know, but they bring a different perspective to you. And that, that just kind of opens your mind. And, and the more I tried to talk to different sponsors, because one of the groups, they were non-accredited, a bunch of people were non-accredited. And so I spent a lot of time looking for non-accredited sponsors, which I hadn't looked for before, but that gave me a whole... A group of new sponsors that I that I'd never heard of or never would have found had I not been specifically looking for non-accredited investors with a low minimum investment. So you know those are the kind of things that that you get from the group that that I wasn't expecting. Okay, so you're referring to in that case sponsors who do 506b syndications and accept investments from uh, sophisticated but non-accredited investors with whom they build a pre-existing relationship. Exactly. Yeah, and and that's a lot of our group. And and again. You know, not only is it hard to invest in syndications because the investment minimums, you know, twenty five, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. That's a that's a big big amount to to do. But you also, you know, most of them or a big portion of them are just for accredited people, right? You got to have a million dollars in net worth outside of your home, or two hundred thousand dollars single, three hundred thousand married of of income for the last couple of years, and not everyone can reach those numbers. So it's, I think it's um, the non accredited is is really a huge a huge market. A lot of people that, you know, the accredited people might already know about this, but non-accredited, that's the kind of people that I want to get into our group. Um, the people that really this would help. I mean, it would help accredited people too, because there's a lot of those people that just think the market is, is the only place to put your money. Um, and it's clearly not. <laughs> nice. Now, one of the things you mentioned a little uh, earlier in our discussion here that you had invested in and had experience with that I think you said was positive was uh, single-family turnkey properties, and at the risk of severely shifting the topic of conversation, I wanted to at least, you know, touch on that and learn about your experience and, you know, whether you uh, continue to have them as a part of your strategy, whether you're going to buy more or um, what your thoughts are about that having been a few years in. Yeah, I I still own, um, I think, seven or eight single-family homes, and the the turnkey ones are the ones I bought in uh, Memphis. And um, I still own those. I am not planning on buying anymore. I mean, you can get into a single family home turnkey for 25 grand, just like you can a uh, syndication. The better, the thing that's better about the, the turnkey is that if you need the money, you can sell the house, right? If you're in a syndication, that's about the most illiquid investment you can have because the syndicator has total control over it. You can't, you can't get your money back. So that's where I like the um, the turnkey. But as far as results, investment results, you know, I think the syndications, I get a better return. Yet you have someone way more professional than me running the show. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about 
anything, right? I, I just have to do all my due diligence up front and then I just watch the checks come in and I have to monitor it, but there's a lot more hands-on to, to passive turnkey, although it's much more passive than managing it yourself and all that stuff. But there's a lot you have to do up front to, to find the property and all that. And then you have to, you just have, a, there's a lot more to do. And at this point, I would prefer to, to put the the actual management of the asset in somebody else's hand completely. And and I, I really find so far that the returns have been have been better than uh, than the the returns on my turnkey. Interesting. And the other, you know, with the turnkey, you're you're getting the debt right. Your name is on the line for the debt. Your credit's on the line, uh, most likely. But as a syndication investor, if somebody's name is on the line for the debt, it's not yours. If everything goes really right. up. Right. And, and to be honest, it is, it's a, it's a pain to go through the process of getting a loan and getting another loan. And then as your finances get more complicated, the banks get more complicated. And now that I don't have a W-2 income, it's even harder to get a loan. And when I think about, Hey, I have 25 grand, do I want to go put it in education and all it's going to take me to do is analyze it and, and, and wire a check, or do I want to go and go through the process of doing a loan and, and all this stuff. And and the return is not going to be any better, I, I don't think. I mean, again, these take so long to pan out, you don't really know. But, um, you know, I'm not against a turnkey and I might do some down the line. But uh, right now I'm, I'm pretty focused on the syndications just because it, it fits what I'm what I'm doing much better. Nice. Well, I think it's, um I don't knock turnkey at all. I haven't done one myself. We talk about them on the show pretty frequently. I have folks on. And and I think that is another option, another strategy, another tool in the category of most people don't know about this. And it might be considered, as you say, an alternative type of investment, but it's not really, it's a single family, but it's a different strategy than becoming an accidental landlord like you did. Yeah. And and we have uh, one of the guys in our group is, uh, you know, he's, he's building his first 10, you know, cause you get the 10 loans. And then I think he's going to do another 10 with his wife, um, in, in her name. So he's, he's big into passive investing, but he also wants to do these turnkeys. And, you know, so, so we have all kinds in, in our, uh, in our group, you know, you don't have to be just, you know, like me all passive all the time. We have people that do all kinds of different stuff. I love it. Right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Jim, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. You've listened to the show. You know, this, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Okay, so this one, um, I already mentioned it. It's the the 22-unit multifamily that I bought. Um, I bought it and in two years, C-plus property, and it more than doubled in value in two years. Whoa. And um, when I sold it, I think I mentioned this to you, but I, I did the lazy, lazy 1031. Instead of uh, buying a new property, I wanted to get into passive. I just invested profits in passive syndications that do cost segregation and bonus depreciation. And that was able to um, eat up most all of my, uh, my tax, my tax gains from, from that. Now I'll have to recapture that later, but you know, um, for now I, I have no taxes on that. So that, that was my best, uh, my best investment. That's awesome. How do you, how does one find a 22 unit that doubles in value in two years? Went to my worst investment. I can, I can tell you, but um, <laughs> basically you know, from the years 2014 to 18, it was hard to lose money in multifamily. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of what, what rescued me, as I'll tell you when you ask me about my worst. 
All right. Well, I, I think it's good. To, it's important to be salient and honest about market conditions affecting our results, particularly when they take us in uh, the positive direction. But yes, I can see your antsy to get on to the next question. We had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever okay. made? Other than the flip I already told you about where we made hundreds of dollars, <laughs> the, the worst investment was the 22-unit uh, multifamily that I bought. Oh. And the, the reason for that is because I did not correctly manage that property. I did not handle the rehabs properly. And I could have made four times instead of doubled my money because I sold it to somebody I knew. And I sold it to somebody who I knew was going to do all the rehab and stuff that needed to be done. And within a year, he doubled it again oh, in value. Man. So I was happy because I wanted to be done with it. I knew at the beginning when I bought it, I didn't know I was going to do it incorrectly. But by the time I was ready to sell it, I knew that I had not handled it correctly. And what I hadn't done is I was trying to pay for rehabs at a cash flow. So my my property manager would say, hey, we got to evict this guy because he's selling drugs or because they didn't pay rent. And I would just say, is there any way we can keep him? Let's not evict because I need that I need that cash flow. And so when I sold it, the, the, the guy that bought it from me, he basically you know, was not pushing people out, but he was, he'd let them move out. He just did a rehab on the whole thing and pushed the value up. So he could push the rents up, then the value goes up and then, you know, he can refinance and get all his money back. So what I didn't do in that one is I wasn't committed to doing the full rehab up front and, and having the money up front to, to do that. So the reason why I say that's my worst investment is because the opportunity cost. I I could have done a lot better at it. And the only reason that that was a successful investment as my best investment was because the market saved me. I did nothing to earn that best investment. So that's why, I, you know, it, it's kind of my, my best and worst at the same time. Nice. I like that. I'm glad you uh, doubled rather than halved your money, but you could have quadrupled it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? I think that the thing that I've learned is the best way to build wealth is by investing in real assets, as I said, that produce real income. You know, the that's investing to me. Rather than what, what most people do is you're buying paper assets, hoping they appreciate, hoping you sell at the right time, hoping you can find someone who will buy them at the peak when you're selling. <laughs> and and what all of that is called, that's called speculation. Right. So Wall Street is all about speculation. You're not earning money as your assets are growing. You're just hoping your assets grow so you can sell it to some sucker at a higher price. Right. For me, investing in real assets produce real cash flow. I don't really care if the assets appreciate now it generally will, but if it drops in value and I'm still getting the same or similar income, what do I care? I'm holding it for the long term. Right. So to me, that's that's the uh, that's the best thing I've learned is investing beats speculation anytime because skill and practice beat luck over the long term. So it's this real estate game syndication, it's not a get rich quick scheme, right? It's a get wealthy slow scheme. And and it works. You just gotta, you're not gonna make big home runs all the time. That's what happens if appreciation gets you, you might, but you you're just gonna slowly accumulate wealth. And you're you're not going to have to pay taxes on a lot of the income that you make because you know you can do the cost segs and all that other stuff. So again, the, the, 
building wealth by investing in real assets that produce, that produce uh, real cash flow. That's that's what I've learned, and that's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> nice. Well, Jim, thank you for joining us today. I think you're doing uh, a great thing here with building this uh, this group that you have going, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to be successful, and I may see if I can uh, join here soon down the road. If Absolutely. folks want to, uh, awesome. If folks want to get in touch, if they want to find the group, if they want to find you, they want to learn more, where can they find you? All right. So our website, which again is a work in progress, so be kind. It's um, www.leftfieldinvestors.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can do it through the website if all the links work. Um, Or you can just email me at jim at leftfieldinvestors.com. And, uh, you know, I'd be happy to to chat with anybody. When when people email me, I always... uh, email them back and, uh, you know, have a conversation because as I said before, that the networking is really how you learn and grow in this industry. And it's also how you, how you build your wealth. So, um, yeah, contact me and we'll, uh, we'll chat. Nice. Well, there'll be a link in the show notes too. And, uh, I don't know, I think it's a good looking site. I think you're doing a good job. So, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you. Get a hard time for me. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> us once again to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts very much appreciated and it helps other people learn about the show if you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe thank you for tuning in once again i hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week and we will talk to you on the next episode bye-bye